0: Welcome to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets last night lost at home to the New York Islanders by the score of 4-3. to They're going to complete a home-and-home home series with the Islanders. In fact, they're going to complete the season series with the Islanders tomorrow night at 7 o'clock as they hit the road Islanders tomorrow in Boston on Saturday. Jody, let's talk about that game last night because the Blue Jackets, after coming off uh, one-goal games in Winnipeg and Minnesota, and different types of one-goal games where they were chasing in Winnipeg and then tied it late, lost in overtime. Minnesota, they were leading late, lost the lead, and then lost it in overtime. Um, But last night against the Islanders, they get the first goal, and then they give up four unanswered. And then we saw the trademark scratch and claw, fight until the end, Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, to lose by one in the third period. Where do you see this team, or how do you see this team right now with the, the last couple of efforts that they put out? You know what,
1: Bob? It's been so impressive to watch this group uh, believe in what they can do. And it goes back to being validated early in the season when you look at, you know, what is asked of them by the coaching staff uh, starting in training camp. And going through it and getting results early. And I, you know, you can ask, you can tell your words can do one thing, but to go out and do the actions and and play the system and play the style and do it to a man all together and get those results has really built something this year. And, you know, when you look at coming into this season, yes, you hear it's a retool. It's whatever is on, on the go. You know, there's a change happening and You think, okay, what does that mean? Where are they going to get scoring? Uh, How are they going to play? How are those defensemen with no experience going to uh, adapt to this? Well, I'll tell you what. There's a true belief here past the trade deadline to be in these games against big teams, teams that other teams are testing themselves against. This Blue Jackets team just won't go away. And you think of as a fan uh, that's what you expect from your team here in Columbus. Now, that is the the bottom line is the effort and the fight it has to be in every game. It's been a demanding season for everyone. Uh, they're all getting tested in so many ways, and I love it. The physicality they're getting tested, the mental tests, um, the pressure of of trying to get the most out of practices, and boy, it's got to be a fun group to be a part of. But as a as a person that follows the team closely. It's been remarkable because, you know, you kind of wait in games for them to fall out or okay like last night. okay you know, maybe it caught up with them a little bit. Maybe the injuries caught up. No, the guys on the bench and I was down there at ice level compete, 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 demand more from each other, demand more from themselves, understanding that they can win the game, understanding they had the momentum. Uh, It's it's big lessons, but it's a mature group in a lot of ways. Uh, to see what they're they're doing right now.
0: Speaking of a mature group, I think last night was a great example of that. Uh, They didn't have their head coach on the bench, Brad Larson in the COVID protocol. Steve McCarthy, who coaches the defense, was in the protocol. So you had Pascal Vincent, running the bench as the head coach. Jared Bull was running the defense. Kenny McCudden was working with the forwards. And Craig Hartsburg showed up during the game to jump yeah. on that bench, which was a great bit of experience. Not only has he been a guy that has coached the defense on this team in the past, but he's been a head coach around the National Hockey League before. So, uh, But my point is, it didn't matter who was on the bench. It was just about the team. They played the same way that they always play, which, again, to your point, says it's a young team, but it's a team that has grown and has showed maturity throughout the course of the season, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The legend, Craig Hartsburg, it was good to see him there. And and you think about it too, Boone Jenner, their captain, and Zach Wierenski, their number one D and one of their big parts of their leadership group, who you lean on, is out. And you look at that and you think, wow, it's uh, it's impressive. And Bob, I know the word is thrown around so much, identity. But what are you? Like, how, how are you going to operate? And will you do it? Consistently. And I think this team, and I know they're not getting the results. I know they're not close to being in the playoffs, but this organization is in a great place when you see them playing the way they are. It means they're veterans like voracek Line A, the guys that were in the lineup light last night and called upon understand how important now is for the future and understand that some things are non-negotiable and they're the small important details. I think Jack Rosovic has been a great example of that. He's been through it for the first 55 games. You know, we've been waiting for him to kind of find his game and emerge. And now it seems like he knows what he is. So I think you can pick a championship team or a team like the Blue Jackets where they're at right now everyone needs to understand their role. Maybe it's a bigger role at times, maybe it's a lesser role at times, but your role doesn't change when you're within the system. And that is a key to what they're doing right now. And I think that's why we we get excited and we're fortunate to follow a team like this that is in a great place, because I still think a third of the teams in the league don't understand or have that consistency on a nightly basis where it's they're coming they're going to be the team that's not going to give up they're going to be the team that understands how to break out and when they don't break out they understand what it, the problems it causes them they they understand at the times and games now when it's the, patrick laine when it's a, the right time to make a, a play that could be a high risk or live to fight another day mentality so when you see that and it's demanded from the players on the bench and the coaches they're all in all together and i think that's the statement from last night not having larson on the bench their coaching staff is the big team within itself, within the team. They're the leaders, but they provide that structure and those, those words that they need to hear and that direction every night for individuals and team concepts, and they're getting uh, some great play out of it. So, what I mean, to see everyone standing last night at the end of the game, all the fans were into it, the push, the excitement, uh, how much emotion was in it, how everyone believed they were going to tie that game. Uh, that's that's the fun part of of every new game is what's going to happen. uh, When's the fight going to come? Will they give up? And and none of those uh, giving up is not in their dialogue.
0: You know, and it's funny because this didn't just happen overnight. Like we're, we're talking about this. Oh, every night we, you know, they're going to come, they're going to push. They're going to be hard to play against. Let's go back. Not so long ago, Jody, even after Christmas, we were still talking about this team, not figuring out what it was and what its true identity was. We saw glimpses and we saw bits of it here and bits of it there, but, Right now it, it it has been consistent, hasn't it?
1: yeah and and you think about Brad Larson, first year as a head coach in the National Hockey League, it takes a time a little bit of time to get a library to get that bank on guys and what you can what you can. Uh, realistically expect from them and what your demands should be and how you can lean on them and test them in practice and test them in games. Uh, So it took him 50 games, I think, to really be comfortable with what he had. And that's a big part of this element. But you're right. Absolutely. This team now, uh, it didn't happen overnight. But the process, if you look back at training camp, very demanding. And, And we always talked about torches camps but this was a demanding camp in a different way. And he speaks of line. A. I heard him speak with you in, in your pregame interview, which is great, by the way, all the information in there about Patrick line a in camp, different mentality, different approach, busted through camp, didn't buckle, didn't fail. Those are all little achievements and those little achievements is that have added up to have a team now. And to me, going into Min- Winnipeg and then Minnesota and rolling your sleeves up and saying, here we go, as, as the outside world is saying, oh, boy, what's going to happen with this big physical team? Nose to nose and and could have won either game, and, and that's what impresses us the most.
0: Yeah, and uh, we're going to have Jake Bean, Blue Jackets defenseman, on here in just a little bit to talk to him about how this whole thing has developed and gone. Um, they did show, as a team, to me, and you and I were working together during this game in Minnesota, they showed me a little bit more toughness than we've seen throughout the course of the year. Now, I, I don't think it's close to the level that it, it needs to be if you're going to be a real playoff contender and if you want to win a Stanley Cup. And and I'd, I would say there's not even enough personnel here for that. You you you'd have to add something to that point. But with what they have right now, that Minnesota game, the fact that they didn't get pushed out of the barn even when Wierenski got knocked out of the game in the first period – Um, shows me that they're maturing in many different areas,
1: yeah. And 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 you're right. And they will add that, that, that pedigree, that toughness. You know, they know that they need to have those guys that you know can help settle things down. But the team toughness, the way that they didn't back down, the way that they uh, they didn't need the big checks, but they just were in the battle. And, And that's all you can ask from this team. And and yeah, it's been uh, it's been very impressive. I think when you fold your binder up at the end of those games and you're packing up and you're thinking, wow, I mean you know not very nice, Bob we walked away and said, well that was uh, you know th- this team has uh, folded their tent. They just don't do that they're, they're a team that will go nose to nose and I think that those experiences for these young players they're invaluable.
0: That would have been an easy thought to have and I'm not going to lie to you going into the second intermission, I might have had those thoughts last night when it was 4-1 to one and it was a quiet building and there was not, you know, they weren't getting much push. But and we talk about this all the time with the New York Islanders. It's a Barry Trots team. The way that they play, they take away the middle of the ice. Uh, they, they will play that boring defensive style, and you're only going to get X amount of opportunities offensively during the game. The key is you've got to capitalize on when you get those chances. So it's a great game plan if you're, you know, for Barry Trotz, if his team's executed, they're very hard to play against. And through two periods, the Blue Jackets weren't really able to execute that. But then in the third period, it did break through. So you're right. Like in the second intermission, I felt like, oh, here it is. This is one of those nights. But it wasn't one of those nights. And even though though they lost the game, I think that's important. Oh, absolutely. I mean – you're at home for one game. You know
1: you're going to play the Islanders again next game. The dialogue would be OK. Let's win the period. Let's get back in this fight. And, and you know, when you look at the Islanders and the Blue Jackets, very similar in their style. I mean, the Blue Jackets will give up offensive zone time, but still those cross-ice passes aren't there. Those opportuni- second opportunities, those dangerous ones in the middle of the ice when they're on. They had a slow start last night. You know they they, they kind of were sloppy getting out of their own end, and this is a team that understands that they have to be very very clean getting out of their own end, and then make good decisions in the offensive zone. And they they picked it up as the game went on, and they understand they can get hurt if they don't, to a man, play that uh, team style defensively and and wait for their chances. And you know it's uh, it, it's so impressive to see that. And and you're right. I mean you look at that game last night. Uh, and you get reminded, and, and, and they remind us as players that it's a 60 minute game. There's anything can happen. We've seen goals, uh, pairs of goals in what? As close as 11 seconds, I think, this year. It's incredible. And it's, you know, a few times it's been against, but when that happens and you're looking around, you're like, wow, there, there's never a chance when you're out of the game. And, and I really admire that about this team.
0: We thought they lost in Winnipeg on Friday night yeah. with 19 seconds left and five seconds off the clock later, they had tied the game. So that's a good point.
1: <laughs> yeah. Empty net goal. Not so much. And, and, you know, that was quite a sequence empty net off the post, empty net for icing, empty net in the net that gets called off. And now you're on the power play. It was just, uh, yeah. I mean, that's why you play the entire game. And I think they've, they've learned that. And that's something, again, I talked about you, you can, draw it up and show video and explain it. it's happened in the past until you experience it. You really don't understand it. So I love the reminders from them uh, in those situations that, Hey, there's a lot left that can happen here.
0: Yeah. A lot left indeed. And in uh, this team has, they, they've used every minute of most games here, especially in the last month. They have used every single minute to, to make sure that they get the job done. Well, as I mentioned, Jake Bean, Blue Jackets defenseman, is going to join us. He's gotten a lot more ice time as of late. Everybody has with Zach Wierenski out of the lineup. Those uh, extra minutes are being spread around. And, oh, by the way, the guys that are getting those minutes are making the most of them. Jake Bean is one of them. He'll join us as the Inside Edge continues right after this on 97.1 The Fans. Welcome back to the Inside Edge, the Blue Jackets traveling to Long Island. They'll take on the Islanders finishing off a home-and-home home series tomorrow night. Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley with you, and we're joined by Blue Jackets defenseman Jake Bean. And, Jake, your workload has gone up here a little bit in the last couple of games. Uh, uh, well, first of all, ever since you've come back from injury, it seems like that workload has picked up for you. And how are you feeling after coming off the injury? And are you are you enjoying embracing the roles that you've been given here in these last couple of games?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, I, before my injury, or kind of the last few weeks before my injury, that that workload kind of went down. I was I was kind of grinding away, um, and that's tough. It's tough to go into games feeling like that, not really knowing what you're going to feel like that night. And then uh, since being back from injury, it's been nice. It's been nice to play pain free. It's uh, it's fun. Um, uh, it you kind of. Yeah, you realize how much you miss it when you're out, and it's been awesome, and I'm happy to embrace any role uh, I can to help the team win.
0: I think that's one thing that's easy to forget from the outside, and both of you guys have done this before. It is a grind, and there are days where you're not going to feel well, or there are spans, maybe weeks where you're not going to feel well, and you have to find a way to get through it. You're still young in your uh, NHL career here. How are you learning to to deal with that and sometimes play through the pain or play through the, the bad days or whatever it is?
2: Yeah, I think it's just experience, kind of going through it. Um, I think this year I learned. Um, this is my first year that I had a kind of a real injury and uh, in pro, and um, I kind of learned. Eventually, y- you can push for yourself for so long. Eventually, you need to get healthy if it's going to start affecting your game um, in negative ways, and that's not uh, helping anyone. It's not helping you, and it's not helping the team win. So, I think um, it's just experience, understanding your body, and I think as you go through more, more. Um, situations like that, you're just going to have more understanding of that. So you being
0: healthy again, and, you know, unfortunately, Zach Wierenski hasn't been healthy the last couple of games after getting knocked out of the game in Minnesota on Saturday. But uh, this is creating a little bit more ice time, some bigger roles for you. I know you don't like to have Zach out of the lineup ever, or anybody out of the lineup ever, but um, getting this opportunity, what does that mean to you, especially at this time of the year when everybody's making really final evaluations? From now until the end of the season, they're trying to figure out, okay, as we're moving into the future, what real, what realistic role can we have for these guys? So, is this good timing for you?
2: Um, I guess uh, I I don't really think of it like that. Um, it's I honestly just kind of go into every game the same way. Um, I think it's it's it sucks to have Zach out, and um, guys need to step up. And um, it, it like it's a long season, and and there's a lot of I'm sure there's a lot of evaluating going on all the time, and I, I just kind of go into every game the same way, just try to do uh, the best I can with what I'm uh, presented with. So
0: so basically, though, guys got to step up. You want to be one of those guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Z is obviously a guy who uh, will fill a lot of the offensive um, role, and he, could, he eats a lot of minutes, and um, – that's like a time, uh, when he's out that someone needs to step up. And I think, um, I don't think one guy needs to do it. I think uh, we can do it as a whole and that's just gonna help us grow as a group.
1: Jake, uh, you played four years in your hometown of Calgary. Since then you turned pro what's your journey been like when you look at your journey? Um, how has it kind of been unpacked for you?
2: Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, my four years at home were awesome. Uh, I love playing in Calgary. Um, I love living there as well. And, uh, pro has been, uh, it's been crazy. I think, uh, when I was 19 and I was going to turn pro, I don't think I would have uh, expected it looking like this. There was a lot of, um, change in the Carolina organization right before I turned pro. Um, a lot of those guys that were there when they drafted me, um, weren't there anymore when I got there. So I think I, I kind of had to reprove myself all over again to those guys and I think that was um, obviously at the time it it probably didn't feel very ideal to me but I think that just made me better and uh, I just had to keep my head down uh, like kind of how I always had and I was fortunate with the coaches and the development guys they had there uh, that I could kind of work my way up and I think the best way to get in the NHL is to to kind of give them no choice um, by playing so good in the American League and developing that way and I think I did that there and um, I, I think, um, I always, I still have that mindset now. I, I'm i never really content and I always think I have another level to my game and, um, I'm just kind of always trying to improve.
1: Now you live in an NHL city in the off season, uh, or you were. were, were there players around that you watched and you learned some of these habits that you're picking up away from the rank and how to be that pro that you are today?
2: Um, yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. There's, I'm always... I never got to really. I never really worked out with a lot of those guys, those Flames guys that were in town. Um, one guy that uh, I didn't really work out with much, but I got to watch just once in a while um, was Andrew Cogliano. Uh, he would come in to the gym. He lives like 45 minutes away, and he would come in once in a while, and uh, he would skate with us as well. And I was just kind of blown away by just the way he practices and works out it's like every practice is like a game for him and it's crazy like he's so dialed in he tries so hard he's at that time he's the only nhl player on the ice but he's the hardest working guy He's finishing every drill it was it was crazy so that was kind of something that um, stood out to me and then just getting to skate um also in arizona with those guys like matthews and mcdavid um those guys it's uh they have a lot of fun out there but it's super serious and 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 it's it's great to be around and it's uh something that i've definitely picked up on
1: so you skate with matthews and mcdavid two of the best offensive players in the world that's got to be great for you
2: yeah uh not all the time uh i did we during COVID, we had a pretty good group going there um and when i'm down in arizona usually matthews is skating so um yeah it's awesome i mean when you get to skate against those guys you can really see how special they are and then I got the opportunity to kind of defend against them um, quite a bit. So um, that definitely was a, that was a fun uh, it's kind of summertime. That was COVID um, era. So um, I'm definitely fortunate for that. And just to see those guys uh, on a daily basis and how they demand the puck and how they, they just want to win, even in those little games. Um, it's pretty cool.
1: That's fascinating, right? And it, How about you? You're a guy that has comfort is not in your game in your life at all. You like to challenge yourself to be uncomfortable. Can you, can you tell our fans a little bit about that in your prep and and that mindset of of approaching yourself that way to be better?
2: Yeah, I think, um, just kind of always having that. Um, I I mean, I think just always pushing yourself. I, I never feel very content or comfortable. And I think that's, um, something that, Will help me um, in this league. Uh, I think a lot of guys can get in this league, and once they're in, they think they're in. And I, I never feel safe. I think I always got to keep improving. And um, it, it's like, uh, it's not like I wake up every day feeling like nervous, but um, I, I just, I think I'm kind of always trying to find new things that I uh, that can make me better. Um, I've always kind of had the trajectory of my development has never been um, a guy that can just kind of come in and be the best, Be, be just kind of th- throw it all out there and be one of the best players. Um, I'm always a guy that comes in, and I, I usually got to earn my confidence um, just by playing, and I, I always tend to just grow and grow um, the longer uh, I'm there and the more comfortable I am, and um, and uh, that's something that I am uh, continue to do and um, just kind of trying to set it all up for that.
1: And you challenge your brain. You spoke of yo-yo. You, you, you worked on the yo-yo. You worked on uh, chess, I believe. Uh, you worked on uh, some different things away from the rink. Um, is that just staying ahead of it mentally? And I find that fascinating, but so forward thinking for you. Uh, what, what's, your, what's your latest uh, hobby, I guess you'd call
2: it? Uh, yeah, my latest one I got is, uh, I don't really know what the word would be. It's like kind of like a boxing trainer. So you have this like headband around your neck or your head, and then there's a string with a ball on the end of it and you like boxers use it, they punch it and it kind of goes out, comes back in. There's different balls. It goes, it gets harder, um, as you do it. And, uh, that stuff's all good. It's a, a lot of it's just kind of spatial awareness and, um, I'm fortunate to have people around me, uh that educated me on stuff like that. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep going with it.
1: Do you feel like it helps with your awareness on the ice?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, if you watch guys, like a guy that sticks out to me is Johnny Goudreau. He's just always got his head up all the time. And um, I think everyone kind of has it in them. And if you can just, he, he just never loses the puck because his head and his head's always up. So he he has the ability to just see what's, what's going on. So I think if you can kind of, have that ability to have your head up in all those situations. It's just going to better yourself. You can see everything that's going on.
1: You bring up Calgary where you grew up, Calgary Flames, Johnny Goodrow. I got to ask you, because your dad is the president of the Calgary Flames, do you feel like you've had an inside track a little bit on seeing the inside of the pro life?
2: Um, A little bit. My dad's uh, not one of those guys that's kind of gets uh, in the face of all the hockey guys. He kind of tries to stay away and manage from afar. So um i i definitely been lucky that i could go to all those games and um i i when i was growing up and living in calgary and playing for the hitman i could go to any game i wanted to and i was lucky for that and uh got access to all those doctors and trainers and stuff like that as well so and then just playing for the hitman um we got to be around those flames guys they were our, their locker room was right next to us so definitely fortunate
0: we were talking with Blue Jackets defenseman Jake Bean and uh as Jody said, your dad's the president there, so is he overseeing pretty much the business side of the operation?
2: Um, he is actually um kinda half and half business and hockey. He started there, uh he's an accountant by trade, but um he's been there for a number of years and he kinda moved over from the business side and now he's kinda business and hockey. So um definitely a uh it's been it's been a lot of fun for him and um he he uh I think he's happy to have me. Sometimes he'll ask me uh, stuff, and um, I'll I'll keep my uh mouth shut, but I'll give him some advice once in a while. <laughs> Is he gonna get? Uh, are they gonna? Are they gonna get that new arena built in Calgary? Uh, I think you could ask anyone that, and I think uh, I think they're hoping so. Uh, it, it's been a lot of work for a lot of people, and um, the Flames are such an important part of Calgary. Uh, um, I think. I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I think that uh, both sides are hoping they can come to an agreement here sometime soon.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I, don't, I can't see any way that doesn't happen. It's just posturing and politicking all the way down the line. Um, you know, I, w- I want to ask you about when you played for the Hitman, you went undrafted, right, in the Correct. WHL? Yeah. So when you were talking about not taking anything for granted, does it really go back to that? Like right from the beginning in junior, you had to go in and prove yourself and, and earn a job and get better day in and day out.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think I've never really been in a situation where I walked in and was just kind of handed anything. Um, I've always been been with um, kind of gone into a situation. There's guys, there's lots of competition around me, and um, I've never really shied away from that. And it's not one of those things where I walk in and I'm like, okay, I see these guys and I'm just going to be better than them. I just know that if I kind of stick to what I'm doing, eventually it's gonna, I'm going to kind of surpass them and I'm going to kind of be in the place that I want to be.
0: And that really was true for you in the American Hockey League too. Not only did you win a Calder Cup, but also you got the Eddie Shore award. You were uh, a defenseman of the year. So, you know, those are pretty big accolades, especially for a guy that goes undrafted into junior, winds up getting, you know, drafted high pro and, and then, uh, and gets awards like that. So you just worked for everything you've gotten to this point, haven't you?
2: Uh, yeah. And I've been surrounded by a lot of uh, people too, that have helped me along the way. I'm very lucky, um, in that sense. So, um, but yeah, I think the American league was kind of no different. I was, uh, like a pretty high pick in the draft. And then I got in the American league and it was like, all of a sudden it was like, I wasn't very special anymore. And we had a bunch of guys that were good and you kind of have to just put your head down and stick. You're not going to get better than them in one day. And um, you just kind of go to the rink every day and just keep playing and you just keep getting confidence. And that's just kind of how it goes.
0: When you were talking about the spatial awareness, you said you have a lot of people around you that made you aware of that. Like, who are those people, or where do you find those people? I've never had those conversations in my life. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not doing the same thing you are, I understand, but where do you find those special people?
2: Yeah, I was very fortunate um, to grow up uh, where I did, and I went to a school in Calgary called Edge School, and uh, it's a, I still work out there in the summer. There's a lot of very um, giving people there. A lot of ho- It's a hockey school, or it's a sports school. Um, hockey's one of their main sports, and tons of coaches there. I uh, guy, uh, just growing up i just had unlimited access for as much as i wanted ice wise workout wise and i could just kind of pick the brains of all these coaches trainers and i was lucky for that and then um like i said i grew, um same thing kind of in, in calgary with the coaches there and then in the american league i had um a guy david Worsofsky or ryan Worsofsky, uh was my coach there and he uh he really helped me he and he just would kind of – he was just by my side every step of the way. He, he believed in me, and um, he kind of would share his resources with me um, in that sense too.
0: That's got to be huge to have – I mean, just to have – even if it's just one person that believes in you. I think that's the key phrase, right? He believed in you, which helps you to believe in yourself even more and work even harder.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, – that's why I think earlier when I touched on, you know, they had a lot of rollover um, with the personnel there. Wow. You know, when a guy gets drafted and he goes into a team, those are guys who draft him and they want him to play and they want him to develop. And I think um, I might have had the short end of the stick on that one, but I was lucky to have some people there, um, specifically Ryan at this very start, um, who really believed in me. And um, that's kind of what you need. And then I had to earn the other guy's belief and – you needed a, you need an opportunity somewhere. Everyone has um, someone that believes in them at some point, and um, that's kind of how everyone gets started. We're talking
0: with Blue Jackets defenseman Jake Bean here on the Inside Edge, and we'll continue the conversation after this on 97.1 The Fan. Blue Jackets are on the road tomorrow night to take on the New York Islanders. They'll return to Nationwide Arena on Monday to play the Boston Bruins. You can get your tickets by going to bluejackets.com slash tickets. I'm Bob McElligot with Jody Shelley, and we're joined tonight by Blue Jackets defenseman Jake Bean. Let's go back to this summer when all of a sudden you were traded from the Carolina Hurricanes to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, first of all, there was an expansion draft that happened before that. Did you feel that you might be on the move, that you might be going to Seattle and to be back with Ron Francis, the guy that drafted you?
2: Yeah, um, we had – we we, uh, (laughs) – agents and stuff like that we had some conversations in seattle um over the year it seemed like they were very interested in me and uh we could never really get a solid answer to carolina if they're going to protect me or not we, so i wasn't really sure what was going on and then when i didn't get protected i thought there was a pretty good chance to go to seattle i know ron was there um but i also knew that a lot can happen it's a very complicated day there's there's so many more things going on than just the guy who drafted me when i was seven or 18 so um, I thought I was. I had a chance to go there. Um, I was happy for Geeks uh, Morgan Geeky who went there. He was a good. He's a good friend of mine. Um, uh, and then uh, yeah, it was a whirlwind after that. Um, the the following week. How shocked were
0: you when you got traded to the Blue Jackets?
2: Um, you know, yeah, I was very surprised. I, I it was kind of weird. I, 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 I thought I was gonna go to Seattle, and it was kind of a, it was kind of like a real big like, oof, like i was pretty disappointed um not not because i didn't like carolina i just you can see what they have there and i didn't really feel like the opportunity was going to be able to rise there um, anytime uh and uh and then when i didn't go to seattle it was kind of it was kind of it was tough and then i don't know how it kind of all unfolded but uh at some point it, it felt like i was uh, I was just kind of in like some weird spot where Carolina didn't, they didn't protect me. So I don't know if I want to go back there and whatever. And then, um, uh, then, and then it did, I got traded and, uh, Yarmo called me and uh, it was an awesome day. I was really excited.
1: I want to come up to this year now, cause you talked about opportunity. You talked about getting a chance. What was your approach when you looked at this roster and coming to training camp with the blue jackets?
2: Yeah, I, I uh, just kind of I just wanted to come in um and just get comfortable around the guys and um, just try to play my game within the system here. Uh, I know I I like I said I wasn't gonna come in here and and light it up right off the bat and I feel like I needed some time to kind of get my feet under me and um, so far it's been a it's been a great um, learning experience. Um, it's uh it's 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 different being um, a bit more of an impact player on a team. You, you, you really want to, not that I didn't want to win before, but you know, the wins are better when you you can help the team in, in, in that win. Uh, so it, it's been a lot of fun. I love our group here. We have so many guys that uh, kind of are on the same, same um, career trajectory as I am. And uh, I think as, as we grow as a group, uh, we're just getting better and better. So um, I didn't have, I didn't have like super high expectations. I just wanted to come in here and get comfortable with the guys and, and then just go from there.
1: What's it like on the ice with this team? Because you guys don't quit. So so what's the feeling out there of understanding what you guys are and what you have to do to win?
2: Yeah, it feels like we can just um, respond to kind of any kind of adversity out there. Um, I, I think one thing that we've done a good job of so far this year is um, in those big games uh, – we don't go away and and um, I think a good example that was our last game against Minnesota when we played a team that was heavy and we just didn't quit we we didn't let them I mean they threw they threw a lot of hits out there but we didn't let them kind of get them get us off our game and we kind of grinded with them so um, it's a lot of fun playing with 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 our team Um, it seems like we're kind of one of those annoying teams that won't go away but we also do have a lot of skill and we have a lot of really special players so I think we have a good combination and uh, as we continue to grow I think that's just going to get better.
1: Last night you had Jared Boll doing the D. How was that for you? Was there any difference? How did he do over there? He's a good friend of ours.
2: Yeah no Bowler's awesome. Uh, He's he's so important for our team. He's done such a great job um, kind of helping everyone especially those young young guys Um, and uh, it's good to see him get his first crack on the bench and he was great.
0: Jake, i got just one more thing for you, and it's what you said about the group and and liking the group. And So many guys that we talk to week in and week out, that is a theme that comes up. Um, You know, there have been times here, it's been a long time ago now, where there were groups that liked each other, but the winning, well, you know, if they won, okay. If they didn't win, you know, maybe it wasn't the end of the world. I don't get that sense with you guys. I, I get that sense that you do enjoy each other's company. You do appreciate the way that your teammates play and and winning even though it hasn't come as much as you've wanted here throughout the course of the year there's been a lot of it and you enjoy it and you feel as a group that there's a lot more to come am i right on that
2: absolutely yeah i think um one similarity we all have is we all want to win and uh that's probably part of the reason we all get get along so well so um we we can feel it in the room we're we're building something here um that's uh that that, that I think can be pretty special uh and um Lars and the coaching staff has done a good job, and we're not done uh, this year. We, we're we're not we're not just gonna kind of sit back. We don't want to be spoilers. We want to keep pushing and keep building as a group, and um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I think we're lucky to have those leaders in the room, guys like Jake, guys like Boone, who uh, who who have instilled that in us that we that w- that we we can win and we want to win, and and that's kind of how we're gonna be. And um, there's not really a choice
0: must have been thrilled at the trade deadline then that you only lost one guy. And I know Max was a big part of the team. But, you know, instead of three, four, five guys going out the door or something like that, your group's still here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think we're so young that um, you can't really trade too many guys because that's the the, the part where we want to keep. So um, it was nice uh, – Max is a great teammate and a great player. Um, it sucks to lose him. Did um, you tell him where
0: he can go eat and stuff in Carolina? you help him out there?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think he'll be well taken care of. They have a, they have a great group there, um, so uh, it should be a lot of fun to watch.
0: Jake, thank you very much. We appreciate it again. It's been so fun to watch you play and develop and grow this year. And uh, best of luck against the Islanders tomorrow night. Yeah, thanks, guys. That is Blue Jackets defenseman Jake Bean. Stay tuned. We'll be back to wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. Getting set to wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge. It was great to have Jake Bean here talking. Jody, this is a guy that, you know, last year when we weren't traveling with the team, I'm watching these games on TV from Carolina, and I'm like, who's this Bean guy? Where did this guy come from? And then the Blue Jackets trade for him during the summer, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, he started off strong, he kind of leveled out a little bit, as he said, he was hurt. Once he got through that, you know, he's uh, he's starting to pick it back up again, and I find it hard to believe a guy that was the uh, defenseman of the year in the American Hockey League, you know how hard it is to play in that league. I mean, he's accomplished that. He's constantly gotten better wherever he is. Uh, I think as he grows and develops, and I mean grows physically, mentally, the whole nine yards, he could be a big part of this on the back end.
1: Yeah. it's it, What a great interview, and what a nice, uh, respectful kid. You know what I mean? And And you think about – Seth Jones buried in the depth chart in Nashville as a defenseman and comes here and as the number one. Well, Jake Bean, then he alluded to it. He was buried in the depth chart in, in Carolina. It was a pretty deep defensive core and what a smart pickup I and mean, what a guy you go out and get in that uh, with that second round pick you got from the Seth Jones trade and, and you're bringing a guy that, yeah, you're not really unsure about, but you understand his upside. That's a smart deal right there. Uh, so great to have him here I love how in tune he is with his mental capacity and how he sees the game and you know I see him before games stick handling with uh, black oak glasses on so he can't see and that's part of his pregame routine there's a whole there's a lot of depth to Jake Bean and and, um, you know he really gets it And, and I love too also the fact that you know these guys everyone talks about how great the room is but you can tell this young group Uh, not only enjoy each other personally, but they enjoy the way they're playing together. So great pickup and a bright future for Jake Bean.
0: All right, let's talk about what's going on around the league. And we've talked about the Minnesota game with the Blue Jackets getting pushed around, but, you know, staying with it. Uh, When Zach Wierenski got knocked out of that game, uh, there was no single response from the Blue Jackets. I mean, nobody went after anybody and fought anybody. And, um, you know, on the surface, it's like, well, why not? Where is that? Now, let's turn to the second day of that weekend. Minnesota took on the Colorado Avalanche the very next day in a battle of Western Conference teams. Minnesota, they balked up because they need to get through Colorado if they're going to win in the playoffs. So uh, they balked up specifically for that. There was a similar play in that game. Miko Rantanen's coming up the ice. Matt Dumba was the defenseman that stepped up, put his shoulder into the face of Rantanen, knocked him down. Nathan McKinnon immediately went over, challenged Matt Dumba. They fought. McKinnon won the fight. It looked like uh, a, a great thing on the surface because he stood up for his teammate. But Nathan McKinnon is one of the most gifted offensive players on that team. And now his hand is injured from that incident. And his return to the avalanche is in question. Which just goes to show that, yeah, it's great to have that response. But there are some guys you just don't want doing that on your team. Am I right?
1: You're right. And, and when you see Nathan McKinnon drop the gloves with Matt Dumba, you kind of hold your breath because, you know, Dumba's tough. Um, and, and you're wondering, OK, is he going to get really hurt here? Uh, he has a great fight. He wins the fight. And then we find out after the game that he's sent back to Colorado. There's a lot there to unpack. So, listen, I'm a fan of Mark Messier and, and the leadership values of standing up for your teammates no matter what. I love that. Uh, does he have to fight? Looking back now that he's injured, I hate that he's injured. I hate that he fought and he's injured because that's the, this is the dialogue now. Um, so no, I, I, at the time I was so impressed. I think the whole world was that he stood up for himself. Um, but I think the conversation, the GM and the owners and the coaches have is don't ever do that again. And, 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 you know, there's, you look back and you say, yeah, maybe you just go over and get in his face. It's the same thing, but if I go back to how I felt, I really, I, I'd rather be on a team where guys stand up for each other, even if you get hurt. Uh, I think there's a lot there. Um, I, I think that Nathan McKinnon uh, understands that, you know, when you're at that, that pedigree, when you're at that level, you don't need to get in a, a full on fist fight anymore. There's too much to lose at this time of year. Um, but in saying that, um, I have so much respect for what he did. Um, and and how ha- and how that uh, and and how he just had that mentality to drop the gloves right away and not even question it. So, um, you know, that's what that's who he is. He, he fought junior. He's fought before. Landeskog, their captain, is out. Uh, he's a guy that will fight anytime. time. Uh, that to me uh, is a dimension of the team. That's um, that's something I, I I'm really impressed with. And it's not because I'm I used to be a fighter. It's just the dynamic of being on that team and being a part of something where. We're just going to stand up for each other you know we're just going to i'm just going to be there to get your back and and I'm, you know if someone comes in and rubs you in the nose i'm going to rub them back for you it it just does something that builds um a dynamic that you 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 can't you can't go out and and fabricate it's a real genuine thing
0: i want to ask you as a former fighter how has it changed now that everybody's wearing a half shield because it used to be the face was open i mean that shield that's that's one more thing when you're swinging and taking a punch that your hand can impact with that, uh, you know, not just the helmet. Now it's a shield as well. How's that changed it?
1: Well, as a fighter, I would have loved it because you get a little more protection there, but you know, um, I fought a lot in junior and we had our helmets on and you just kind of, you know, your knuckles get cut up a little bit, but it's something that you, you just deal with. I mean, in the fight, you know, you, of course you're trying to punch the guy right in the face, but, uh, to me, it's uh, when you're in the fight, It's not really a dynamic you're thinking of. You you know, you really are protecting your chin. You don't want to get hit in the chin, so that's still exposed. But I don't know. Just maybe a few more cuts in the hand, Bob.
0: (laughs) One more thing I want to ask you about the league is I talked with Jake Voracek before the game in Minnesota, and we were talking about the Eastern Conference, and and he said, I think it's the first time ever that it's going to take 100 points to make the playoffs in the East. And he had this theory, the theory that teams like the Islanders, uh, the Canadians, and the Flyers – were just so bad this year, that so, like worse than they normally are. Those are teams that, that normally are taking points from other people, and, and this year that didn't happen. Um, those three teams in particular, not being pushovers, but being easier to beat this year, how much do you think that that has contributed in the imbalance in this conference?
1: Yeah, you know, it has to, and it's a great point because – you know, every team has taken those points and, and that's, what's, that's, what's given those teams that, that extra cushion. And, and when you have a, uh, a conference or a league with that much disparity, uh, when those teams had a tough time with their start, that's what you do. Points don't go bad. And these teams have collected them early. And that's why uh, some teams are so far ahead. So now they're starting to play a little bit better. The Islanders are for sure. The Canadians are surprising some teams. Um and playing more, more, uh, more of a team game under Marty St. Louis, they've been rejuvenated, but yeah, it's an interesting point, you know, because it's always around that 96, 94 uh, level. It's not that much higher to be a hundred, but you're right. If it's six or eight points that teams are getting on those, those teams, what they, what they wouldn't get. um, Yeah. It just, it, it, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, It inflates it for sure.
0: Yeah, that's three to four more wins that you have to get, and especially when you get down to the wire, those wins are so much tougher. As you just said, the Islanders are back to being the Islanders. Uh, The Flyers aren't quite yet, but Montreal has figured it out. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a small number, but it's still a big gap. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. Well, Jody, thank you very much. I look forward to having you on the radio with me tomorrow night. It's the final ESPN Plus broadcast of the year, so Jody and I will be with you from beautiful Long Island tomorrow night, 7 o'clock is the puck drop, 6.30 is when the pregame coverage will start here on The Fan and the Blue Jackets radio network. So that's going to wrap up this week's edition of The Inside Edge. Once again, thanks to defenseman Jake Bean for being our guest, and thank you for listening to The Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan.